Welcome to the Sports Finder Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Sports Finder community, we're back with our regular segment where we speak to great people from the world of sport. And today, it is no different. I have Mr. Seth Pellerin with me. Seth, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you very much, Amad. How are you? All good on my end, sir. And yourself? I'm well. I'm well. It's a beautiful Thursday here in, uh, in Louisiana, in the U.S. Very, very good. Um, Seth, before we get into the nitty-gritty... Let's go back in time. Who was Seth as a young man at school? Oh, that's a that's a good question. So Seth as a, a young man at school, I think I grew up uh, your typical sports loving child, right? I played the typical American sports: uh, baseball, basketball, and and American football. That was pretty much my life. I uh, spent ninety percent of my time outdoors. Um, school was fun, but it was more fun like playing sports at recess and gym class and things like that. So, so growing up, big sports fan, uh, played them, watched them, talked about them. Um, now I, I work in the world of sports, so kind of uh, an interesting life life plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, take us through the, your years through college and, and, and how you got to where, where you are now. Yeah, so uh, I graduated from LSU, Louisiana State University. I finished in uh, sports administration. But in college, I uh, played a, a year of baseball, decided I needed to focus and get my degree. Um, so, so went through college, graduated um, from there. Uh, did a ton of things trying to figure out really what I wanted to do with my life. Um, managed a gym, sold solar panels, uh, have sold insurance uh, the last uh, five or six years. I've gotten into the market research data and analytics space. Um, it started in technology. Today, I work in uh, data, a data company, MPD Group, in the retail space. Um, so I've been here about a year now. And, uh, and what my role is at MPD is, is helping sports brands globally more or less better understand their category, competition, and how to sell better in the United States through the use of our data. Very, very nice. And your your current position, um, basically as a senior sales manager at the uh, of sports at the MPD group, take us through that and, and what that entails. Yeah, so, so MPD, uh, we are a global, a global data company that started here in the U.S. about 50 or 60 years ago. Um, we track somewhere around 20 different industries, so anything from consumer technology, toys, books, video games, like home, uh, office supplies, things of that nature. Um, we track that data and then... Uh, and then help consumers uh, 
and brands better understand their consumers, how they can sell better. So my role today is helping sports companies or brands. Uh, that can be anything from team sports to outdoor, uh, like hiking, climbing, camping, uh, those types of, of activities. I help those brands around the country and around the world uh, better understand what's happening in the United States uh, with their consumers, competitors, etc., and ultimately help them uh, sell and grow uh, in this market. Very, very interesting. You, you have access to some extremely interesting data, especially in, in these in these times that we're currently going through. Um, what What are some? I mean, now with such a crazy time and so many restrictions and many businesses either clothe, uh, closing or transitioning. What, what are some trends and patterns that you guys are seeing with your, your regular retailers and how they're adjusting to the current consumer behavior? So it's been, it's been really interesting to be, to be honest over the last three or four months. Um, kind of how consumers are behaving, what they're allowed to do, uh, and certainly in different parts of the country, activity is different. But a few of the things that we have seen um, from a, a consumer standpoint is with gyms being closed, people don't have that community that they're used to. They can't go out and see their friends. They can't go work out. Um, a few things that we're seeing in sports is home fitness, so uh, dumbbells, kettlebells, yoga mats, anything that people can do to exercise at their house. Jump ropes have sold gangbusters over the last few months, um, as well as things like bicycles. A lot of families are getting on bikes and going on bike rides. A lot of uh, like children's training equipment, things like little soccer nets or little baseball back, uh, backstops. That stuff is selling really well because families are at home. Um, as far as retailers go, that has been a really interesting thing to watch as well, right? Um, retailers who had their omni-channel set up, right? So they're in-store, online, e-commerce. If they have uh, like order online, pick up in-store, that type of thing. Um, it's been interesting to see because some stores, while they had to close, were able to stay open. Hey, you can order online and come pick it up. We'll have someone bring it to you. It'll be totally contactless. So it's people felt safe and good about going shopping. Um, and then they had their e-com channels, right? So, hey, I can still shop, have something delivered straight to my house. That's been really good. The retailers that we find are really struggling are the ones who didn't have a website, don't have an e-commerce option for folks. Um, those guys really have been scrambling over the last few weeks to try to figure out how they can get, uh, get product in customers' hands. So uh, it, it's been interesting, to say the least. So you're saying 2020 and there's still retailers that don't have a website? Yeah, you know, I uh, a lot of them were smaller, smaller sporting goods retailers. Um, but, but yes, that is something that we found. I thought it was interesting. I thought that was something uh, folks would generally be buttoned up on. But, uh, but the contrary. We found a number of folks calling in asking us, hey, like, who should I be talking to in terms of vendors to kind of get a, get a site set up, 
get a payment, uh, payment option set up, et cetera. Wow. That's definitely interesting. Um, how, how do you guys see the, the future evolving moving forward? I mean, what's, what's one step that really caught you, caught your eyes and made you come to basically pull together a theory or an assumption of, of future, of a future trend? So I think, I think the future is still to be determined, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of states that still aren't fully opened up. So, so I think in a few more months, we'll have a much better idea of that. But in terms of things, and this will be, I'll speak in, in terms of a personal opinion. I do think that kind of this water online pick up in store, like that type of shopping experience for consumers, making it easy, fast, convenient, right, for folks. Um, I think shopper experience is gonna be incredibly important. Now, like will stores change the way they're structured, the way they're set up because of coronavirus? We don't know yet. Um, I don't know yet, but I do think one thing that will be of utmost importance moving forward is making sure that customers have a way to shop or multiple ways to shop multiple ways to get that product in their hands um, to ultimately, you know, create an experience for, uh, for consumers um, in any type of retail shop that you're going to be going in, whether that be a CPG like grocery or like a, like a sporting goods shop, which um, some of the like Lulu, newer, like Lululemon stores, right, have yoga classes and then things like that. So, and improving that experience, I think, will be important for, and I think a big opportunity for, for brands and retailers uh, as we progress through this. So you think they'll be transitioning more towards an experience-based uh, outlet? I do, and that's again, that's my personal personal experience. But I do, I do think that retailers are going to have to uh, to cater to consumers, right? It's so easy to go on Amazon.com and get something delivered to our house, right, in 24 to 48 hours. In some cities, like two hours, depending on where you live. Um, so knowing that e-commerce is coming, right, it's grown every year for some time now. The percentage of, of, of kind of dollars spent in store versus e-commerce. Um, so, so knowing how easy it is for people to order online. I think there's going to need to be some sort of incentive to, to bring people into a store. Whether or not that's right, I don't know. Again, this is my opinion, but that is that is my my training. Okay. Do you think you got you guys will see a um, a speed up of the e-commerce basically transition from stores and and the general behavior in, like from from the actual public because. Um, for example, in Australia, what COVID did was it sped up e-commerce by about three years. So a lot of people who wouldn't have purchased online previously, now all of a sudden uh, are online. Like Lindor Lint is a chocolate store. They didn't have an online presence in terms of buying chocolate. When COVID hit, they, they set up with Shopify in no time and they went you know, online. So... Basically, 
that's what that's what we've seen here. Do you think, even though there's a higher percentage of e-commerce in the States, you think that's going to really knuckle down and become a, a lot more prominent, or do you think that it, that slow and steady growth will will just tick 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 along? I think I think COVID certainly did accelerate things um, from an e-commerce standpoint. Um, one of the big concerns when coronavirus first started, right, was elderly people um, were more at risk. That's kind of the, the train of thought. So what what I saw, and this is again personal, but we have a um, like a this app that every like everyone in my neighborhood kind of has. Um, where people communicate about stuff going on in the city and things like that. And initially, a lot of like younger people were offering the older folks, hey, we can go get your groceries from you. What we kind of saw happen over the course of, of eight to 12 weeks was a lot of these um, older shoppers who like did not believe in e-commerce, eh, I'm not going to buy anything in the store, I'm gonna go to the mall, I'm gonna go to the store, right? We found a lot of them started like figured out that they could order their groceries online and either either have them delivered um, or or they could have someone just go pick them up and pay right. So um, so I do think that coronavirus COVID did accelerate e-commerce in the U.S. I think part of that is is kind of introducing a new customer to e-commerce that maybe wasn't so open to it before. They've kind of been not so much forced, but they've had to learn and adapt, um, and they have. Uh, so I, I think e-commerce will accelerate and will continue to grow. Um, coronavirus definitely gave it a little bump. Interesting. Um, so you've been through quite the journey, actually. Uh, now you're in a role that really gives you insight to many, many businesses and industries. Uh, what, what are some of the challenges that you face personally going through this, this journey of yours? So, um, do you mean with coronavirus specifically? No, no, just your, your own personal journey, like from graduating to finding a position to getting to, to where you are now, so on and so on. Um... So I, I think for me, honestly, part of the the challenge has been like what are, what like what are the things I'm really passionate about? What are the things I really care about? And what are what like how do I want to spend my life, right? And um, again, growing up, a big sports fan, always loved helping people in any way that I could. Like that always felt good, uh, and I've always been curious in business, right? I've always wanted to learn learn from people that were smarter than me, doing better than me, in positions that I one day wanted to be in. Um, and when I started, um, again, I, I've done a lot of jobs. I've been through the ringer. But, but really figuring it out has, um, you can call it a challenge, but I, I say it's also a reward, right? Like dealing with experiences, going through hardships, but ultimately coming on the other side, I found... Um, again, about five years ago, my life in market, market research, where I was being able to, A, learn from business owners, what they were doing in their business, what was working well, what was not, ways they could improve, 
um, being able to help them, like look through data and analytics and market research to understand how they can get better, helping them improve has been a lot of fun. Certainly challenging, but a lot of fun. Um, and then rolling into starting my role at MPD a year ago, getting to work with sports brands across the world, right? Some of these companies I used as a child growing up playing sports. Um, challenging to, to get here, but a lot of fun along. Yeah, so many people think that the challenges that they go through um, most of the time are, are, are their failures when in fact they're actually experienced builders that are going to make them better people moving forward. Um, do you, did, did, you, did you find that yourself or? Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Uh, I don't know that I've, you know, gone through any, any job or opportunity without, without failures. And I think without those failures, I don't think I would have been able to learn, pick myself up, dust myself off, get up and try again. Um, I don't think I would have gotten to this point if, if, if it would have been smooth sailing in my, since my first job, I'd probably be smooth sailing, doing something similar when I was 21 as I am. Wow. There you go. So, um, What's, what is your advice to, to, to people looking to pursue a, a similar journey or a, a similar career path? I, sh I shouldn't say journey because every single journey is different. Yeah, so my advice to, to anyone, right, would be to figure out what it is you love to do. Um, figure out, like, like what you would enjoy doing on a daily basis. Um, and the most important thing is, is stay positive and just keep moving. It doesn't matter how many times you fall. It doesn't matter how many times you fail. Um, it doesn't matter how many times like you're hurt. It's that you get up and keep going. I think um, progress at all costs, like progress 1% a day will ultimately get you to the place. I've seen so many people, I've had so many friends of mine who have been inches away from that goal line of being where they wanted to be and decided like, eh, this is too hard, like I'm done. And and they're not at their goal. Um, where I've seen others who may have really struggled but just stayed on it and, and they're exactly where they want to be. So, um, so find your passion, pursue it, and, uh, and don't quit, don't give up. That would be my, my advice. Wow, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Seth, you've been amazing. Thank you so much, especially with all those insights in probably a moment in history where we'll definitely look back from now in 10 years and probably will probably, and people will probably talk about 100 years from now, um, this COVID uh, tragedy that's basically happened is something like we've, we've never seen before. And you were... Fortunate, fortunate enough to live the good side of it through working with businesses that had to go through it. So, <laughs> you've definitely um, got a, a lot of insight and intel to share, which which you have shared with us. So before we let you go, where can people find you online? So best place uh, to find me would probably be my LinkedIn. It's 
it's uh, LinkedIn.com. I think it's Zach period Pellerin. Um, and then I have social media, Seth Pellerin on Instagram. Uh, that's about it. I don't, I don't, I'm not on the, the Twitter sphere yet, but, uh, but there's two places you can. Thank you very much, Mr. Seth Pellerin. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me on the Sports Farmer podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Ahmad. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to the Sports Finder podcast. We'll catch you on our next episode. Y'all ready for this?